1: Thanks for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Yes, hello, listeners. Welcome to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. My name is Steven Joderand. Joining me as always... Are Amonka and Jake Watroba. Today's episode, what in the footballing world is the League's Cup? Are the U-20s giving you hope? And the playoff promotion versus a Champions League final. Now listeners, make sure you follow us on the Twitter machine at UncSamSoccerPod. Hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to the show and give us a five-star review. We always enjoy your feedbacks and comments so just send them in we'll respond when we can now arman is without wi-fi and in the 21st century living without wi-fi might as well be like living without water how we doing arman we surviving
0: uh, i'd rather be i'd rather be thirsty than uh i don't have wi-fi uh, <laughs> i guess i guess you guess to say at this point
1: hashtag america's uh, problems right i mean last yeah, first were problems right first um,
0: world problems look, i i i've been uh trying to like catch up on some fc dallas stuff some soccer based stuff but without wi-fi i can only catch up on uh i guess like offline ncaa football 14 kind of stuff so um <laughs> nothing really
1: productive going on this can, was, you, can you access your spreadsheets
0: yeah my phone i can update them on my phone so that's always a huge uh plus but I mean, outside of that, I'm just tweeting on LTE, baby. And, you know, my phone doesn't have 2,000% battery. So I just got to conserve, you know, maybe enjoy life a little bit. Go have some fun outside. Yes, um, enjoy the this sun rays. There's work to be done, U-20s to be written about. Look, I got to do it. I got to figure out a
1: way. Yes, listeners, you can follow Armandcify. Get the FC best FC Dallas coverage in all of the land at Armandcify.com. Uh, meanwhile, you got Jake Watrobra up in Minnesota enjoying his Minnesota Twins, but we're not doing any baseball talk here on the show. But Jake, I I, I got, as a sports fan, how does it feel to have a winning team?
2: Yeah, this is Losersville up
1: here, so a winning team is kind of nice every once in a while Especially when it happens. Especially with Minnesota, you know, United doing really, really well.
2: Hey, hey they're fifth in the West. They've had, two, I think, two straight clean sheets in a row now at home. So that's positive. But, you know, uh, on a more somber note, I just want to just say uh, today marks, uh, this being May 28th, the three-year anniversary that Harambe was taken from us at the uh, Cincinnati Zoo. So I just want to say rest in
1: peace Our and uh, prayers up for mm-hmm, a real one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Listeners, question of the day. What is better, Champions League final or the promotion playoff? And I think there's a legitimate debate to be had here. Fellas, uh, I know we tuned in. We have yet to watch the Champions League final. But based on our previous watching history, the promotion playoff, in my eyes, is somewhat more intriguing. Now, listeners, give us your thoughts at Unxam Soccer Pod. Now, Jake, Champions League, probably what, the biggest... Trophy a club can win in all of world football. But the promotion playoff just means... It seems like it means more to the players. Obviously to the, the board, to the ownership, with the $200-plus hundred plus million payday they get from it. But it's... The difference between saying, yeah, I play my football in the Premiership, or I play my football in the Championship... There is a big difference.
2: I don't want to say there's more passion.
1: When no, say it. Say clubs, it. There definitely is more passion.
2: It just seems like it means more, doesn't it? Does, don't do not don't, don't you feel that when you're watching that? I watched uh, Charlton Athletic uh, beat... God, who did they beat in the League One promotion playoff? Sunderland, Sunderland. And it they just... It, it just seemed like it meant so much more. And... I don't know if I necessarily get that feeling when I watch Champions League. I mean, but it does mean more, right?
0: Because you have these guys who are playing, you know, for the chance to play in a higher level. I mean, with especially the championship playoff, that's like the $125, 200000000 million game with all like the fees and like the rights fees you get for moving up. And these are you know life and death for some clubs sometimes, especially, you know, as the lower you go down the English football system. You know, you, you're, not, you're not sure if you're going to be, you know, paying the bills. I mean, that shouldn't be the case. But like Bolton Wanderers, they're struggling right now. They're in administration. You know, you don't see those times like, you know, former glory. And it means a lot more, especially, you know, like for a team like Sunderland who went down uh, from the Premier League to the two-league one to, you know, have a chance to work their way up. And a team like Charlton to go find some former glory or like Aston Villa and Darby. Like, these all do mean more for these guys. So, I think... I think, as are right, it does mean more. Maybe that's why you see a little bit more passion and firepower. But, I mean, for quality of soccer, I mean, obviously I'd have to go Champions League. But if you're more yeah, a passion kind yeah. of guy, if you're a passion kind of guy, which we all know Steven is with National Anthem, yes, uh, yes, I would I 100%. Uh, you, I'd go to those promotion playoffs.
1: Yeah, I think it's, a, it's an interesting conversation to be had just because the way the, the, the soccer calendar works out where you do have these promotion playoffs. I mean, just look at what happened in Germany. With Union Berlin I mean they, they literally tweeted out we are effing going up or something to the likes of that I mean it just means the world to these clubs, to these players to these fans and you watch Champions League and sometimes you just feel like it's eh they're already the best players, they already play are going to probably end up playing on Champions League the following season they get paid millions of dollars it's just it's a different atmosphere, and I wonder if U.S. soccer could take away, uh, take some something away. And I think this. Is more oh on, no! Oh no! 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 Oh, I'm not going no there. Even. But not do it. This don't is the ironic it. part. You get paid. There's more money on the line when it comes to the promotion playoff. But don't you feel that apart from maybe the players, that from the fans' per, perspective, it there's so much more at stake. Like I I I think it's funny. We're talking about passion, yet the payday is so much bigger in in the promotion playoff. It's just ironic. You would think the Champions League, the greatest tournament uh, and the greatest trophy in club football in all of this in in this world there's less of a payday, payoff. It's interesting. But uh listeners, speaking of promotion, I think this is one of the coolest things uh yet. Couple, man, can we say a couple years ago now? I don't even know. But we gave out a, um, we did a contest. We gave a jersey out, and one of our listeners, Bryant, we'll give him a shout out. Follow him on Twitter at fo shiz. Uh, tweets at us another year, another promotion for Tranmere Rovers. Can't thank Unc Sam Soccer Pod enough for introducing me to this wonderful club. Up with Tranmere, guys. This is awesome. What a cool story this is. Up the Rovers, up the Tranmere. Let's go. Let's go. Why not? No, that is,
2: that, 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 you know, it, it is pretty cool. I mean, we gave him, a, I think the time when he received that jersey or kit, whatever we want to call it, uh, on this side of the Atlantic Ocean. I believe Tranmere was in the fifth tier of English soccer. Am I correct? Yeah, I would think so. Yes, they've won back-to-back promotions, so that would mean they're in League One. Going, uh, they'll be in League One next year, so that would have to mean that they were in the fifth division two years ago.
1: Just a cool story. It is, it, a cool is. story.
2: it is a cool
0: story. All those stories
2: are cool, right? Like when you know
0: you hear about like Swansea going up or like a Bournemouth going up. All those all those stories are cool, and you know, especially when it, you know it's a team that you you kind of just got this random affiliation with, but like. You know, it's awesome to see. You can see some, you know, some sort of uh, you know elevation of some sort. Unlike you know, like you can't see your OKC energy get promoted or anything like that. So, uh, it's pr- it's pretty cool uh, to see that. And Sha Brian for tweeting that out of us. Uh, if You guys have a story like that. I think we're giving away a couple of yes. jerseys. Yes. Make sure you tweet us at uh, that at Unksam Soccer Pod. Uh, and we love to give some shout
1: outs. And we got some cool stuff coming up. We're definitely going to do another jersey wig, uh this summer. And listeners. Uh, we will also be doing a U.S. Women's World Cup preview before the World Cup kicks off. So stay tuned for that. Follow us at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Hit that subscribe button. But, but fellas, let's get to opening takes. And uh, I'm going to hand off to Jake because we had some news that broke on this Tuesday evening. Yeah,
2: right before we got on the the mics here this evening – a uh, friend of the podcast, he's been on a couple different times, Sam Stasekul, tweeted out that MLS and Liga MX are set to announce a new tourney. Now, we've kind of heard about this tournament uh, over the last few weeks or a couple of months that MLS and League MX were kicking around a, a tournament. But uh, Sam Stasekul has some more details uh, th- this evening, uh, May 28th. Uh, the league will be called the League's Cup. Uh, It'll be a single elimination tournament. All the matches will be held in the U.S. in the final, maybe in Vegas. Uh, The quarterfinals will kick off on July 21st, which will include The Fire versus Cruz Azul, Houston Dynamo versus Club America, LA Galaxy versus Cholos, and Real Salt Lake against Tigris. Now, this is
1: this is kind of interesting in that... <laughs> interesting <laughs> in the sense of, what the hell does Chicago Fire, the Houston Dynamo, the Galaxy, and RSL have in common regarding MLS? I cannot find a single reason why those clubs are playing this tournament.
2: Right, and that leads me to my first question is, and maybe we'll understand this when more details emerge, but... How did teams qualify, or why were these four, or I guess eight, rather, uh, for MLS, for League MX, why were these teams chosen? I guess because uh, Sam
0: was throwing this out, saying they could have you know, large Hispanic uh, populations or something along those lines. Real Salt Lake? Look, look I'm just repeating what the source was saying, man. Don't look at me. I know my ge- geography. I'm not sure... <laughs>
1: Utah. What type of people are in Utah, Jake. Can you remind me? I I don't know. I think this tournament is rather ridiculous. I don't like it, not one single bit.
2: Let me let me ask you guys this: How does this benefit MLS? I guess it gives them a platform to like
0: show off how they can beat Liga MX if they can. Um, whoa, 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 whoa!
1: Time for? out there, Armand. You're giving way too much credit to MLS. This is this is Liga MX. Taking MLS and just sitting there going, you know what? You're just gonna take one more beating. This is this is MLS. This is a way for MLS to try to make more money, which they obviously will. Ticket sales, we know the Mexican. I mean, let's just face it. Mexico is the national team of the United States. You might as well say the Liga MX, apart from the Premier League. Are, are the domestic leagues of America as well. I'm going to say it. Liga MX and the Premiership are America's domestic leagues.
2: I'll take it one step further. I think it's just Liga MX is the domestic league of the U.S.
1: Okay. Well, there you have it. Point at OxamSoccerPod, at Steven Jodron, at Jake Petroba. But seriously, I think this is a way for MLS to try to make more money, and that's it. This is a way for them. I, I think coaches hate it because it's going to ruin their you, – you, you already are losing players internationally during the summer now you have to play this other tournament what is the significance of winning this trophy maybe you get a little bit of a bump in cash revenue sell some tickets but you really think players overseas are gonna be oh man you know what trophy i don't have on my on my checklist jake do you know what trophy armand that i'm missing the league's cup bro. the league's cup whatever it's called doesn't this kind of feel like the international
2: champions cup in a way for these clubs in Mexico? I mean, does this is kind of feel like, like this is just a yeah. showcase? Just a showcase for America or a showcase for Azul or a showcase for T-Grace?
0: I mean, it does feel like that. The question is, how are they gonna provide value for this tournament, right? Because isn't isn't the tournament of value that should be there that should be more focused on is the CONCAF Champions League? That should be the tournament of value. That's presented, which allows you actually play the Club World Cup or whatever it's going to be. But right now, like, what does the League Cup gets you, right? Like, or whatever this thing is going to be called, League's Cup. What's it going to get you is it going to get you a spot in the CCLs and get like some Europa League and like, um, and in Concacaf. Like, what is it going to give us? Like, um, and if I'm an MLS coach, I'm going to be upset because I have an MLS game to win in an MLS Cup. So, what's more important, this League's Cup? Or MLS Cup. That's a question. You've got to figure out a way to incentivize these guys to play. Because if not, they're not going to play their strongest. Why should they? They've been more important to play for.
1: No, absolutely. I think Armani hit it right on the nail. Coaches are going to hate this idea.
2: Let me... All right. One one last question here before we move on. Is this paving the way for an eventual Super League between League MX and MLS? No.
1: I don't think you can... I... So sorry, Armand, I'm going to interrupt there. I think you still have to you still have to beat or find a way over the FIFA hurdle. They have very strict regulations on domestic leagues and what it means. Just pay attention with the Canadian League and, and the Canadian teams in MLS. On B-Win Sports, they've talked about it before. They're curious to know if there will be a lawsuit or if FIFA will intervene or if there's going to be some sort of, you know, grandfather rule that comes into place where these clubs are fine. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer when it comes to all the FIFA stuff, but I don't think it pays away because I don't think you'll be successful enough.
0: I think it does pave away. way um, to answer quite opposite, I think that's the goal of MLS and league MX right now uh, to potentially line up together and make this giant uh, super league. Do I agree with it? No. Do I want to see it? No, but I think that's what's going through the minds of MLS executives, League of MX executives, is how to make money, how can we capitalize? capitalize? 'Cause Liga MX wants to increase their footprint in America. and MLS wants to increase their footprint just all around. I think they're they're trying they're integrating themselves more in the Campions Cup. Uh you know, it happened last year, it's gonna happen again this year. Uh between a champion of League of MX and a champion of MLS. Look, I I don't wanna see it, but I I think that's a goal. I think they're gonna try it and see if it'll work. Hopefully, to be honest, I'll want to see it happening. But I mean, money talk. Aren't the MLS
1: teams going to be playing away games anyway? I know they're hosted in America, but they'll be on the road. There'll be more fans of of, of whichever Mexican team it will it'll be. And, and Armand, I, I I think this is a de- This is a bad look for MLS. It, it, if they ca- cast themselves. As some great league or wanna be great league, shouldn't they just be great within the borders? Wouldn't wouldn't they be better if they just say yes, we're MLS, this is our league, and focus on the Champions League if they want to have a rivalry with the Mexican leagues? Because when we talk about Champions League, you know what it means. You're talking about the best clubs in different parts of the country, uh, different parts of the world competing together. The UEFA Champions League. People know what that is. Even non-soccer fans have come to the point where I've heard that today at work, "Hey, isn't there a big soccer game on Saturday?" I'm like, "Sure is. What is it? It's Champions League final." People know what it is. This is going to create a, a a pathway for MLS to never actually be this vision that the the quote unquote MLS or <clears throat> NFL owners want.
0: I don't get it, but I mean, like I said, whoever makes the money. I mean, I understand it from like in a money perspective, but from you know a strictly logistical, again, you have to incentivize a lot. You have a lot of money, to incentivize coaches and players to be up for it. And by the way, the CBA is expiring this year, and you only have four charter flights, but you're adding all these competitions for these guys. Sure, they won't lock out, but I have a feeling they're going to fight a little bit harder, especially with this new competition that they compete in now.
1: That'll be something to look forward to, whether or not a lockout will happen. And if if it does happen, oh boy. Anyway, Armand, let's move on. Your opening thoughts here is surrounding the U-20 U.S. men's national team.
0: So the U-20 team has gone off to a 500s. I guess uh, they had a loss against Ukraine a two-1 loss and then a 2-0 victory over Nigeria uh, on Monday it was a great it's honestly really great and refreshing to see a nice young revitalized I guess revitalized u20 team and you know all the hype is around the u-20s yeah like they're gonna be this that I've already seen Alex Mendez and Paxton and poma call debates which Canada really like, why? Why are you debating these two good players? Let's let them play and see what happens. Um, but you guys have definitely seen some of the u twenty. What are your thoughts on how they play? Personally, with me, uh, I'm enjoying the way they're playing. I'm seeing some strengths, I'm, uh, especially in the midfield between Mendes and Pomacol. But I'm also seeing some weaknesses as well. It seems like outside back continues to be a problem. dess uh, Des, um, I think he plays at uh, Ajax or PSV, um, has been struggling. On the pitch, Chris Durkin, the midfield, hasn't been that great. Tim Way in that first game was kind of, uh, and then they added Sebastian Soto in as a forward, and he's more clinical and has made those bright runs and makes you have a forward out there with ideas. Uh, just wanted to, I guess, starting with Jake, your thoughts on the U20 games and the. Do these even matter, to be well, honest with you?
1: Uh, Armand, I want to interject one question, and that is whether or not the U20s give you hope for tomorrow.
0: For tomorrow's in the future? Yeah, yeah, uh, they do. Because the players that are playing are this new class of U-20 guys who are not collegiate players, but are professional players playing from 16, 17, 18. They're overseas. For example, I mean, look at that roster. You have Chris Richards, who's played Bayern. And you can see that he's gotten better within his last six, six months to a year with Bayern Munich, with how he's playing with the U-20s. Alex Mendez, Freiburg. You can see that he has potential, the way he's bending balls, the way he's looking off opponents. Even Paxton and Pomacol, who's finally getting playing time in MLS and has been a professional athlete for now almost oof, three years, he's able to maneuver and be a lot better on the ball and ha- increase his work rate. A lot of these guys are getting professional minutes or getting in a professional environment at a younger age, and it does give me hope. Because that college base and that gap is slowly kind of disappearing in my eyes in terms of, you know, players that are collegiate players uh, versus uh, homegrown academy playing professional environments. But anyways, guys, your thoughts on the G20s?
2: Well, I, I've i only, like I said, I've only watched the the match against Nigeria. But one thing that stood out to me was, and you've touched on this a lot, uh, Armand, was uh, the play of Alex Mendez and Paxton Pammy I mean, it's it's clear and obvious. They are, I don't want to say head and shoulders above everybody else, but they they look the part, don't they? They look like they're the two the two stars of this team right now. Like you said in the first match, uh, Timothy We wasn't really it didn't really make much of an impact there, but uh, was a little bit more impressive in that second game with Sebastian Soto uh, playing up top at forward. But it was it was clear and obvious to me watching the game against Nigeria. We, we always at least for me, Nigeria always seems like in terms of youth setup, they're always kind of one of the uh, upper echelon teams when it comes to you know u seventeens u20s I believe they played in the they went pretty deep in the Olympics uh, a few years ago am I not am I right?
1: Yeah, I mean, just look at their run at the 2018 World Cup. Everyone said this team is just one tournament too soon. Here, it's the next tournament. I just keep your eyes on the, the Super Eagles. I think that's what their nickname nicknamed. But no, you, you're not wrong, uh, Jake. That Nigeria. 19- I mean, they were. They, they,
2: they, sorry to cut you off here, just real quick, just to finish my point. The U.S. kind of ran them off the field yesterday. I was about, I was about to say, yeah, they did. They outplayed them. And how often do we say that about a U.S. team that's not playing a team not named Guatemala or a team (laughs) not named Haiti or Guyana, which we'll see here in a couple weeks in the Gold Cup? How often do we say, you know, the U.S. US ran circles around that uh, team? How often do we say that for a team that is of Nigeria stature? Now, granted, this is the U-20s. This isn't the senior team. But I think... You know, I'm not sitting here and telling you that these 18, 23, whatever players on this U23 or on this U20 team in three years will be all part of the the senior team. But if you can pick off four, five, or six guys that four to six years from now are prominent mainstays in your national
1: team setup, I think we can consider this cycle a success. Let me ask you a question because I think this U20 tournament – Will be judged in five to six years. I think we'll judge the success or failure in five six years. Yeah, if they win it, great, that would be awesome. If they crash and burn, uh, let, let's see how these players respond. Um, obviously they responded. I mean, they lost to Ukraine, and I think people on Twitter were like, "Oh my god, here we go again." And how? Uh, it, it was almost borderline the most typical U.S. men's national team thing to do. Was to lose the opening game against Ukraine. And then they come back and win. And they put some back hope. And now it's it's like this mentality with the U.S. men. Just regardless of age group. Is always. Regardless if they ran off Nigeria. Off the field. Regardless if they, they ran circles around Nigeria. It's kind of this gritty team with the U.S. For some reason it just. That continues. But. It, it, it's a determination five or six years, whether or not these players will do something for the U S men's national team. But here's my question, guys, is this, the, and Armand, this is particularly a question for you. Is the talent on this U 20 equal, better, less than the talent that the U S men's national team has with its young guys, specifically surrounding Pulisic Adams, you name who else, um, McKenney a couple years ago. If you were to match them side by side, at when they were 20 years old, will this talent of players outpace the talent that we're starting to see come to fruition and and flourish with the the senior team?
0: I don't know if they'll outpace them, but there's a reason why I've been constantly reading and constantly hearing. That a lot of people want to acquire younger U.S. players because they think there's so much potential uh, within them. Now with the guys like McKenny, Pulisic, I don't know if you can compare it to, the, to compare them to those guys. I mean, maybe we should. Maybe I'm being too harsh, but I think those guys are like another tier uh, relative. Uh, to well, some, to some of these guys. Let me, inter- I, let me interrupt
1: there because what about like a Richards who goes to Bayern Munich? You talk about Pulisic developing Germany. Yes, he got the chance to go younger, but Sargent went at an early age. Like now that we're seeing them go at a much younger age than previous years, can't we slowly start to to at least compare and and see how the talent of Pulisic, who is you know seventy million dollar man and the next The Man at Chelsea Football Club, like Sanger Richards, who went from FC Dallas to Bayern Munich, who has been impressive, and it's starting to translate with the U-20s, His the knowledge that he's gaining at a Bayern Munich.
0: Oh, you'll see it. I think we will see it more in 2026 than we will in 2022, when these guys are entering their primes at 25, 26. Um, Jake was saying, you know, four to six guys make a second success. I would say... That's a pretty good number at around, around that four. Um, a lot of these guys are going younger. I think we will start to slowly see that shift uh, of talent, especially that, yo- that younger-based talent. I think we're going to start seeing more and more, but let not discredit some of the MLS academies uh, as well. I mean, as much as I say, hey, some MLS academies just aren't doing it. I mean, the MLS academies have helped as well. I think this is the first time you're really seeing this new class of players that you know have a nice mixture of the European experience versus also you know the guys who started playing in MLS at like 16 17 as well. Um, I think if you're looking at the US soccer, it's like yes, it's, and MLS, like yes, it's homegrown, is working really well. Our academies are looking pretty strong. I mean, just from how the U 20s playing, because I mean, like Jake was saying, unlike other years, you're watching them play pretty fun soccer, right? Jake, am I wrong? They're playing pretty fun. Um, exciting soccer and they're dictating play. They're combining in the middle. They're trying they're to attacking. play more aggressive. Finally they're attacking. attacking exactly. team. It's not being on the defensive and you know waiting for someone to bark. It, it it was it was Ukraine who was built in a shape the US tried to break down the uh Ukraine was built in defensive shape. And it wasn't the US that was trying to, that was uh, uh in that defense shape. It was Ukraine and the US tried to break them down. And it's it, I hope it's this new era of excitement and Attacking-minded soccer uh, that Burhalter, Ramos, Jason Kreis—all these guys want to help bring in because it's entertaining. It will inspire the youth to come play, and more importantly, it'll advance us as nation uh, in terms of soccer playing.
1: Jake, let me ask you a question. Asked Armand, listeners, chime in at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. Does this U twenties give you hope for the future?
2: I mean, it has to. It has to look at the talent on the field. You have Chris Richards. He's playing at Bayern Munich, Alex Mendez. He's at Freiburg. You have Timothy Wea. He's he's at PSG was on loan at Celtic earlier, earlier this year. Paxton Pomico looks like he's the next big export in MLS could be over in Europe in a year or two. I mean, how can this not get you excited? This is the first time I can think of, you know, since I started paying attention to us soccer that we've had so many kids Either playing in Europe or who have looked super promising in MLS, to me, I, I, I think four to six years from now we're going to be looking back at this U twenty World Cup and and pointing to look at all these look at all these kids that were on that U twenty team that are now cogs in the U S men's national team machine because I think Armand stated in twenty twenty six they'll win the World Cup or something crazy like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Six months ago.
0: Uh, I definitely um, had them winning it in like twenty twenty two or I something think twenty twenty two.
1: I'm okay with
2: it. Yeah, well.
0: Just wait, Qatar and Qatar when they're celebrating, you guys are like, damn, you called it. Just yeah.
1: yeah, we'll see. Uh I, I guess based on, on your thought on what you said there, if we're gonna look back to this tournament, Jake, does it matter if they even get out of the group? Yeah, you want st- to them win don't you I mean you want to see them go as deep as they can
2: obviously this is more so about development than the re- results but you want to have if if you're developing a player don't you want them to be battle tested in a tournament like the World Cup the U twenty World Cup for that matter don't you want them to show some tenacity some ability to go out there and grind out a re- result get a win when it matters on foreign soil isn't that what you want to see isn't that kind of part of their development too
1: no, absolutely. I think they have to get out of the group and maybe win a knockout game. And then after that... I mean,
0: here, here here's the situation, guys. Sorry to interrupt you, Steven. If they make it to the round of 16 at this point, uh, they'd be number two, and they would finish uh, right... and they would play in the next round France. Uh, so, um, France's team say. is obviously insane. So... They might not be the women, but I think it's a great test for his U-20 team even if they only have four games.
1: Yeah, but getting out of the group is cr- critical. And if they they go up a tough challenge, and it, say it's a France, and then four to five, six years from now, we say, oh, well, look at the players who are on the French team and, and how the French team's uh, developing at the senior squad. Uh, it's a great test. I, I'm with Armand. I think they have to get out of the group. If and, and if they do get out of the group, the buzz on Twitter will be raging. It's like as if they had won an actual trophy or placed high. Listeners, make sure you give us a shout at Sam Soccer Pod on the Twitter machine. At ArmandKafai, get your FC Dallas coverage through him. At Jake Watroba for the hottest takes. And at Steven Jodhren. Make sure you come back t- tomorrow. We'll have part two. More conversation regarding the U.S. men's national team. Christian Pulisic. As well as Raheem Sterling saying he wants to play in MLS. What does that actually mean when players say they want to play in MLS? Is there something bigger going on there when players comment on that? And then lastly, our counterattack segment with Jake Watroba. Don't want to miss that. It's going to be a European one.